Today's episode is brought to you by Yelp, whose mission is to connect people with great local businesses. They're also helping me connect with you, which is totally awesome. Now here we go. Restaurants deserve a place in this world, and I think people want them, and they need to kind of step it up. If you want to have your neighborhood restaurant, support them. Welcome to Full Comp, a show offering insight into the future of the hospitality industry, featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators, served up on the house. On today's show, we chat with James Beard award-winning chef Nina Compton about how community building is our secret weapon in the fight to save our industry. What I miss most about Louisiana is the sense of community that I felt there. What I miss is exactly what compelled Chef Nina Compton to move there. Since arriving, she's opened multiple restaurants and has achieved every imaginable accolade. Nothing could stop that momentum, except for a global pandemic. Today, we discuss the long road ahead and the need to come together as a community if we're gonna make it out of this alive. What year did you move to New Orleans? 2015. And why New Orleans? Why not? I mean, I think the food here, the culture, the people, it's just, I think for somebody in my industry, I think it's just the perfect package. Um, and, you know, it, it, it is, you know, I lived in Miami for, for quite some time and I wanted to change. And I think this was just a natural progression for me. And it's also very similar to the Caribbean back home. So that was something I just really wanted to just you know, that I just dig into. Well, and it's a poignant place to be at the moment. It's a mecca for resilience and recovery, wouldn't you say? Yeah, especially j- during these times now. Well, and how would you say New Orleans has reacted to the pandemic? You know, once the pandemic hits, you know, we just didn't really know anything like this. And we formed a pretty solid group of, I would say, 70 chefs around town. and. You know, I wasn't here for Katrina or the BP oil spill. And everybody's like, you know, this is just like, it's a, it's a, it's a disaster for we to support each other and try to help each other out because it is a very uncertain time. And we just have to share resources of information we get along the way and just stick together, you know, safety in numbers kind of thing, which I think is really important. Yes, ma'am. I, I mean, you know, as a fellow restaurateur, I, I'm scared myself. Um, having said that, I feel like I've always been on the brink of huge success and huge failure all at the same time. Right. Are, are you yeah, scared? I, I, it's very up and down. You know, when we first closed, and I'm like, okay, a month is fine. I can take the time off, relax, you know, kind of regroup. Um, but now we're going on two months and each day that goes by, it just seems like it's just longer and longer and it just gets scarier. You know, I think a lot of people say, Oh, I could do with a month of being closed. Mm. But once you start doing two, three months, then you start to say, listen, am I going to be able to reopen? And, you know, I have to really muster the courage and say, listen, I've come too far to fail. And it's going to be a really, long it's going to be a, a long game 
You know, it's not going to happen oh, yeah. overnight where, where things will just, you know, switch back to normal. It's going to be restaurants are going to be viewed differently. Um, eating habits are going to change. Um, I guess dining etiquette is going to change as well. Um, so there's a lot of change that we don't know how to deal with because it is a quick change and restaurants have been hit hard in terms of anything you read in the news that I don't go to restaurants, it's a germ fest and you can get coronavirus because, you know, one person sits there and it can infect 10 people within an hour. So it's like nothing is positive in terms of going to a restaurant to dine right now. And I think the scariest uh, thing is, you know, people say, oh, well, you can just do to go food and, and, and you'll, you'll be okay. But that's not really viable. Um, when you start looking at the check average, um, when, you, when you do to go compared to, you know, full service restaurants, people not buying cocktails and not buying wine. Um, they're ordering only maybe just an entree instead of an appetizer, you know, an entree and a dessert. So it, your check average definitely goes down. And when you start seeing the money at the end of the day, you're like, oh my gosh, all that work for that little bit of money. <laughs> you know? And it, it, it's, it's scary, but I, I, just really, I just really think that you have to stick it out, you know, because, you know, we're, we're, we're going to open up in, in about two weeks, uh, about four days a week to do to go until we feel that the guests feel safe, until the staff feels safe to come and sit in the restaurant. Um, the, the governor just announced that we can only, you know, operate at 25% full capacity, which is not a lot. I mean, that's two tables, three tables, maybe. Right. Um, but we, we definitely want to build up the trust with our guests and our staff and make them feel safe when they come. And we're, you know, because again, people have been sitting at home and if you're in quarantine with your husband or your wife, that's fine. But once you go into a bigger group of people, the way that you react to things, making sure you have your mask on, your gloves, you're sanitizing things. It's a lot of protocol that you have to follow every step of the way. And we want to make sure that we do those things properly so nobody gets sick. Because let's face it, if somebody has, oh, you know, so-and-so's restaurant they had a corona breakout you're done oh yeah for you sure. know so that that's something that we have to be very very careful about and make sure that people are safe uh we're doing things right and you know i tell people this it's my goal is just to break even for the next year mm -hmm. you know because that's 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 the reality i'm not i'm not i'm not doing it to make a, to make a ton of money because i know it that's damn near impossible but i'm being realistic that I just want to break even and, and keep my doors open and then try and, you know, weather the storm until things bounce back because things will bounce back. It will take some time. And I, you know, I'm an old dog. I can't just mm -hmm. change careers and say, yeah, you know what? I'm going to be a, I joked about it. So I want to be a UPS driver. <laughs> I, 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 hear, I hear they have great benefits. That, exactly. So I said, because, you know, my husband and I were like, I'm like, what? And I'm like, I'm like, hey, this could be a clean slate for us. You know, we can start in any industry. And he's like, you know, we're going into a recession. Like, who's going to hire? And I'm like, I'm like, think about the UPS drivers. They're always hiring. <laughs> and we looked it up, you know, and I'm like, I'm not saying no. It might be a thing. You know, if I'm delivering a package, you might see, you know, Chef Nina Compton delivering a package. <laughs> you know, it's. Oh, I do know. I, I have the same conversation with my wife. So. Yeah. It's 
day by day, and sometimes even in the same day, I'll start the morning by saying, you know what? Everything's going to be okay. We're going to open the restaurant. People are going to adjust. And then by dinner, we're sitting across from each other, and I'm going, you know, I I could go get a job. Like, I could... Right, right, right. I could work a desk job. You know, you get good benefits. I could be home by 6 o'clock every day. Right. Well, I think think a lot of people are faced with that, but I think... um, when you're the actual owner, you have so much invested, not just financially, but also emotionally. You're invested in that space. So for you to just kind of walk away, it, you you just it's hard for the person to just say, you know what, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give up on this. So I think that is the, the biggest thing for us is like we're gonna at least try, you know. I, I do, because you put a piece of yourself into it. When I look at my right. restaurant, it's a reflection of self and where I was in that moment. Right, exactly. And I think that, um, I think, you know, we we have so many people counting on us, not just our immediate staff, but, you know, farmers, fishermen, cheesemongers, um, you know, wine producers, they need restaurants to come back. Because, you know, we're seeing all this waste of, you know, farmers throwing away milk or euthanizing the animals because there's, there isn't that much demand um, anymore. So it, it's, I think we have a responsibility to at least try and come back. And, and because those things, that's all part of the supply chain that, you know, impacts the, the economy as well because it's providing jobs, you know. and I think it's very hard for so many industries to pivot in a different direction, you know, due to the pandemic. You know, what, what can a farmer turn around and say, I'm just going to, you know, what do they do? You know, but I, I feel like you've met your responsibility. You have been an advocate for the industry, especially during these times. And, and I guess one of my questions to you would be, did we as an industry do a poor job of letting the, the public know what a fragile ecosystem this is, whether we're talking about, you know, the, the foodways or the, the razor thin margins that we work on. Should we have communicated that a bit better? Well, I, I think m- most people know that restaurants are, it's not a lucrative business. I mean, some people do hit the, the, the jackpot, um, but it's also a lot of work and, the return sometimes is not a lot. I think we do it because we're passionate about, you know, cooking and running a restaurant and, and a business and our staff. And I just think that people just take things for granted in terms of what it really takes to run a restaurant. I think people forget that, you know, plates cost money, food costs money, and we're trying to do the right thing um, and, and make the business viable. And that's why a lot of people like, if, you know, if I raise my prices, people are like, oh my gosh, she's so expensive, not realizing, hey, beef is going to go up, right. pork is going to go up. Like that's, that's part of the game. Um, and I think a lot of time as restaurant owners, I think that we kind of eat that um, in the sense of we don't want to turn our customers away by doing, by being expensive. Mm-hmm. And that's why some restaurants end up losing money because they're like, well, I can only charge so much because otherwise people won't come. 
So I think that we've always kind of like walked the line a little bit in terms of, I guess, buffering the guest a little bit and the consumer. Mm -hmm. But I think this is actually a very important lesson for the world to see that you can't take restaurants for granted because they just really don't know what's happening behind closed doors until now. You know, what it, what it takes to, to run a restaurant. You know, you're responsible for farmers' livelihoods, fishermen's livelihoods. Um, all of these p- people are affected by restaurants being closed because we just yeah. took them for granted. And, and I'd like to pivot. I was on your website and mm-hmm. there's a quote on there that I absolutely loved. It said, meals are about moments, memories, and those who, who surround you at the table. And my question would be, what do those moments look like post-pandemic? When you reopen your doors, how are we going to create that experience uh, that the patrons want? Well, I mean, it's very hard now because everything's in a to-go box. You right. Know? So those, those, those touches that we, we really um, strive for each day, we can't really do. It doesn't come across as well. But I think being thoughtful about what we do um, and reopening and I think just being there for the community because I think at the end of the day, people want restaurants around. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, we may have to change menus or styles of service or different things. And it won't be as warm and friendly as we remember restaurants to be. Mm-hmm. But it's still the same people cooking the food. It's the s- still the same people serving the food. I mean, we haven't changed as people. We still want to make this work. It's just in a different package. Right. And I think that it will be very nostalgic when people talk about, oh my gosh, you know, I went there for my anniversary. But we will get back to those days. I, I believe that because restaurants are something that is, everybody can relate to a restaurant, whether it's a fast food restaurant, whether, you know, you pick something, some cheese at your cheese shop and you go have a picnic like those things i think it's food is very it's very comforting and right now people need comfort they want comfort you know and, and it's people like oh my god i can't wait for you guys to reopen i'm tired of my cooking and i'm tired <laughs> of doing this so you know people want restaurants to come back and i think that it's it's yes times are going to be hard for everybody not just restaurants but we all need each other um in every way I don't know what it was like for you right before you you closed your restaurant, but for me, especially in that last week, there was there was a tension in the air. We closed oh, yeah. we we closed on a Monday, and that that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it was there there it was it was so tense. You could feel it with the staff. You could feel it with the patrons. And the thought that I've been obsessed with is. Like how are how are we going to eliminate that, or at the very least reduce it when we reopen? Do you have any thoughts or ideas? Have you guys started working on your reopening plan in terms of like reducing? Because I, I mean, I was scared. You know, right. I was afraid I was going to get sick. That my staff was going to get sick. Right. Somebody sneezed on the other side of the room. I dropped right. a plate. You know. Yeah, I mean, I remember that week like you know vividly because i don't watch the news because there's never anything good on the news it's always something negative negative. Mm-hmm. and i remember i came home and my husband had cnn on 
And Jose Andres was speaking about um, feeding cruise, the cruise, cruise line workers that were stuck on a, um, a cruise ship. I forget. I think it might have been off Seattle or somewhere mm-hmm. where they, could, they couldn't dock. And Sanjay Gupta was speaking about all these different things. And, you know, it's, this is before I think things got really bad. And I remember it must have been like 10 or 12 days before we, we shut down. I was so scared by what it was saying on the news. I had a staff meeting. I'm like, guys, this coronavirus is not a joke. Mm-hmm. And we can see that, you know, conventions are canceling. The cruise ships are not docking in New Orleans anymore. There are not a lot of tourists around. Like, it's, it's coming. And I'm like, guys, save your money, mm-hmm. you know, Every, every dish that you cook in this restaurant, make it count because those people that are coming here, they come here because they want to come here and times are uncertain. And then a couple of days, you start hearing cases popping up, you know, mm-hmm. there's something in LA and there's something, you know, in Seattle and then New York and then Chicago. And then you sort of see things start to trend and it's like, I didn't know how to react and I was trying to react quickly where I'm like, okay, we're going to put sanitizer at the hostess stand all over the restaurant. So the guests have access to it, the staff have access to it, you know, single use menus, uh, spacing the tables. And I felt like, okay, we're ahead of the curve. And every time I thought we were, we were actually not. Mm-hmm. And everything we did was not quick enough. And I could feel the pressure of, What's going to happen? And then states started to close. Then, you know, Chicago closed their restaurants. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, I'm like, New Orleans is fine. We don't have that many cases. We could probably last, you know, a couple more weeks. And then cancellation started to roll in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we said, okay, well, let's maybe close one day a week because we were seven days, um, seven days a week. Uh-huh. And I remember saying, okay, guys, we see what's going on. We're going to close one day a week and we're going to see what's going to happen. Some of the staff started to freak out. I'm like, guys, it's going to be okay. We'll make it work. And that was probably the Thursday or the Friday we said that. And then on the Sunday, it's like I, I could not even bear to be in my restaurant because I couldn't look at my staff because mm-hmm. I felt like I failed my staff. I felt like I could not provide them a job going forward. And it was very stressful for me because, you know, there was so much uncertainty on how long we're going to be closed. And we felt the same thing. You know, we need to close because I don't want to get sick. I don't get my guests sick, my staff sick. It's just a smart business thing to do. So we closed. And now we're just looking at different states on what they're doing, what um, precautions they're taking. Um, and again, it's about building the trust We're we're opening in a couple of weeks and we're going to email all our managers, our action plan of what needs to happen. We're going to bring the managers back first. We're going to deep clean the restaurant, get everything in place. And we're just going to do to go until, until we feel again, the guests are confident and the staff are confident to, to do service and to do service without any issues. Well, you and I are actually very close to the same age, and we came up in the same industry. And I've been working 80 to 100 hours a week since I got into this. Right. Um, And I'm sure you have as well. And, And my question would be, you know, 
we we don't really have a lot of time to sit back and think. Not for the last 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Right, right. But, but over the course of the last couple of months, I've had ample opportunity to think yeah. about the choices I've made as a professional, as a restaurateur. Um, and I've made, I've made very concerted efforts to, to evaluate how I want to move forward as a restaurateur within this industry, as a business person. There were compromises that I made that I wouldn't make again. Right. And, and I'm wondering, looking forward, what are the changes you've thought about making in your own restaurant? And what changes would you like to see in the industry at large with this opportunity to reset? Well, I, th- I think the biggest thing for me, like you said, time is luxury. Time off is luxury. And I think what I want to take away from that is trying to get my staff to have a normal schedule. I, 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 I don't want staff to, to feel like you're a martyr where you have to, oh, I have to work 15 hours because that's just expected. Mm-hmm. And I, I, think, I think as if we're going to change something, that would be it. You know, creating a more um, a warm environment in kitchens, I think, is important instead of it just being, you know, assholes just yelling and, and, and screaming. I think we need to just care for the people that we have around us because we spend that much time together, you know, making people want to come to work and, and valuing the time. And also because the way I look at things is life is too short. And, mm-hmm. you know, I want to be able to not feel guilty if I say, you know, today I'm going to go in at noon. Right. Not where, not where I wake up and I'm like, okay, check my emails, jump in the shower, rush to work, you know, be there for, you know, end of breakfast service, be there, expedite a lunch service, then go into busy dinner service and then come home. And then like, you know, it's just, I don't want to feel like I'm a hamster on a wheel. And I think that the way I look at, <clears throat> excuse me, that this pandemic, once we come out of it, everybody has a clean slate. You can, we have to transform our restaurants into a different space right now. You know, I'm looking at the way that I'm, I want to cook food because I think people have this expectation of, well, it's a French Caribbean restaurant and this is the expectation. You know, I can think outside the box now. You know, if I want to make Korean food for one day, I, I should be able to because I think that's what people want. People want just good food right now and there is no judgment. And I think that's, that's the beautiful thing about coming out of it. It's kind of like a rebirth of, of restaurants. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And, and, and having had the opportunity to look back, what would you say your keys to success were prior to the pandemic? And also, what do you think is going to secure your success in the future? I think that, you know, it comes down to hard work, um, aiming to be consistent. I think that is you know, as restaurants, people have this expectation, like, you know, I go to that restaurant because it's consistent. I go there because the staff are friendly, they're warm, they remember my name, they know my favorite cocktail. Um, and they make me feel like family. I think that's one of the biggest things that is successful. Um, I think also just being a hardworking person is, is one of the, the keys because, you know, as, as you know, restaurants, you have to be on top of every single thing 
you know, the China inventory, did, did the dishwasher show up today? Do we have <laughs> cleaning supplies? You know, it's, it's a lot of moving parts. And, and uh, I think that's something you, you have to be on every single day. Oh yeah, for sure. I, and of, of everything you listed, when the dishwasher doesn't show up, it's the worst day. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> Listen, I tell people this. I can deal with a cook not showing up, you know, the food runner, you know, wasn't feeling well or the busser, you know, quit or something. When a dishwasher doesn't show up, I mean, it's like... You might as well close for the day. It, it, it is the most, stress, it's the most stressful service. And, and, and I, I, I mean... I think people don't value that position. I value it. I really do because those are the people It's like, they show up. I'm like, Oh, thank God they're here. It's going to be a great service guys. <laughs> it really is. I couldn't agree with you more. This is uh, this is an industry podcast focused on supplying those of us within the industry um, with, with, insight and focus and most importantly hope and i'm wondering do you have any thoughts that you would like to share with the people listening today people should really i think the 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 biggest key to surviving is having a support group within the industry i think people just not even having the answer to what's going on but just being able to speak and voice their concerns and having that release and just having people just say, hey, I'm going through the same thing and I understand that because that's all I do. I spend, I call different chefs that I know over the years and just to check in and say, hey man, how are you doing today? You know, and some say, you know, some days are better than others. But I think having that support group and also just, it, it, is a, it is a very tough time and it's very uncertain and people are stressed out. But I think not giving up hope is the only way because I was talking to a friend of mine and he was saying, you know, when, when Katrina, you know, after Katrina, you know, some restaurants reopened and you could tell some were just like genuinely trying to make it happen and some just didn't care. They were just like, okay, well, we're, re- we're going to reopen anyway. And he said the ones that were the most positive and the most thoughtful about their, their restaurants, they survived. And the ones that were not, they end up closing. So you can't really have a negative outlook um, because that's going to eat you up. You have to have some kind of hope, whether it's reopening and just breaking even for a year until things bounce back. That's a positive outlook. And it's, I think, just being realistic at at this moment. And I think also uplifting your peers and just saying like, hey, we're all going to make it. We're going to try and make it. And whatever you need, you let me know whether it's, you know, advice on the PPP loan or, you know, staffing or, you know, changing your concepts. I think just having, just bouncing ideas off each other and having that support group is really going to make us thrive. That's Chef Nina Compton. Be sure to follow her on social using the handle at Nina Compton. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes, check out our video content, or read our weekly blog, go to joshkopel.com. That's J-O-S-H-K-O-P-E-L.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please leave us a review. 
A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Kopel. You've been listening to Full Comp.